You know who's going through a lot right now? Literally everyone. Just be kind. You're listening to the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I am your host, Craig Chamberlain. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We usually open with a topic and go into discussion time. Today will not be normal. There will not be a discussion time, which is totally fine. Because this is actually a pre-recorded episode. I don't normally do it that way. It's normally live on on the Facebook page and YouTube channel. Speaking of which, you can join us on Facebook or YouTube or Spotify. Just look us up there, Wisdom Worth Knowing. You can also go to wisdomworthknowing.org and get a direct link. You can also follow the podcast at wisdomworthknowing.org. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere podcasts are, are, are existing, hopefully. If you don't find me somewhere, please tell me so I can make sure we get there and get syndicated. This show is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. For a limited time, get on limited access to thousands of books completely free for 30 days. Take advantage of the special deal through our show. You just sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org. So let's move back to our topic for today. You know who's going through a lot right now? Literally everyone. Just be kind. So I don't know at what point you're tuning into this this show. You know, I, I right now it's February 26th, 2022. It's a Saturday. You know, you may be listening to this today, tomorrow, a year from now, 10 years from now. I'd like to think that the discussion point on this show today is going to be somewhat universal in its application, so it doesn't really matter contextually what's going on in the world, but contextually what's going on in the world right now is it's pretty hard to deal with for a lot of people. Um, we are just struggling with a, with a bad economy. There's a lot of international issues going on. Productive people are being squeezed, and more, more is being expected of them. Family life is getting harder because finances are getting tighter. I mean, I can go down the whole list. There, there, there's millions of reasons right now why people are struggling. And I'm not even going to get political because I don't like getting political. I like to keep this show focused on deeper issues. Now, there's nothing wrong with politics. Don't get me wrong. I think politics are an extremely valuable way for us to deal with existential real world issues. It's a tool. My show is just not the place for them. I, I want to deal with the um, what's upstream from that, which I believe is um, us as individuals, our abilities to our ability to adapt and grow, how strong we are. Um, I think our politics and our culture are downstream from that. So our individual strength is the singular most important factor. And it manifests itself in a lot of ways. But that's not really what this episode's about today. This episode about t- today is about go- who's going through a lot. You know who's going through a lot? I want you to close your eyes and visualize whatever it is you're struggling with because I just want to give you a second to do that so we can kind of talk about it. I want to close your eyes and I want you to think of the biggest issue you're dealing with right now. The most stressful the thing that kind of twists you up inside, it kind of it's kind of gut wrenching. Just thinking about it makes you sick. 
or maybe you're one of the one of those people who aren't dealing with anything right now, that's totally fine. You will be. Something will happen. <laughs> you may have escaped it so far, but life will happen. You have a pulse, life will happen. So go ahead and I'll give you a second to visualize that thing. You got it? Let me start by saying you are not alone. You want to see something sobering, look up the statistics of anxiety depression and depression, especially right now. This is, like I said, 2022. I don't know if it's going to get better or worse from here. I'm not sure. It kind of depends on how we as a culture adapt to our hardships. If we get better at with, with our emotional tools... But you know who's going through a lot right now? Literally everyone. You are not alone. We all have a level of experience, baggage, tolerance, stress, darkness, self-loathing. We all have something that we are carrying around with us. Literally everyone is going through a lot right now. And if you are in one of those seasons where your life is is pretty good, that's awesome. Seriously, it is awesome. I'm not being sarcastic. It is. I have I've had different I've had varying seasons of my life in which there's been long stretches of time where things were just good. And there's nothing wrong with that. Celebrate it. Be grateful. Use it as an opportunity to have gratitude. Certainly don't berate yourself and hate yourself for the fact that you are blessed and lucky. Gratitude is a far more useful emotion than arguably most of them. I think gratitude is is at the root of the majority of any happiness and joy we will experience in this life. I think the more grateful we are, the better chance we have of of finding that elusive happiness and joy is so incredibly difficult to get. But if you have it, be grateful. Gratitude is key in that. But if you're not, if you're not in that place... I hear you. You know, some days it's just an an immense amount of work just to wake up and get out of bed in the morning. I've been there. Where you wake up in the morning, you're like, what am I even doing? What's the point? You know, the the quote that we, we brought up here said there's two things you can do. It's like, just be kind. We do have a tendency, and I know this is true for me, we have a tendency to, when things go bad or are going badly for us, that that pours out into the other areas of our lives, kind of like a rock hitting the river. We had somebody in the comment section bring that up a few days back. It causes a ripple effect. Are we causing ripples or are we causing waves? Are we causing gentle ripples? Or are we splashing around at everybody and 
causing waves. And if you look at that analogy a little closer in terms of the level of response we give, if we are causing striking waves, I don't know if you've ever seen waves crash against a, an ocean or another object, but they bounce off of them. And then those waves ripple out to other people. So depending on how we are responding to our existing load, whether we like it or not, it is going to affect other people and the people around us. If we are becoming Karens and Kyles, I think those are the two words culturally for people who throw fits over every little thing in public. If, if that's us, if we don't think that's affecting people, if we don't think our outbursts of anger and disappointment and frustration are, are affecting other people, then we are just in absolute denial about how reality works. We are social creatures. Our behavior affects other creatures. Every decision we make has consequences, and they affect other people. And you may say, why do I care? Why do I care how my decisions and emotions affect other people? I would hope that an easy answer to that is because you would hope that they would care. Because if everybody thought the way you did, guess what? We'd be steamrolling over each other all the time. Somebody has to stop the cycle. I've worked in customer service for about half a decade. Almost a decade, actually. But I haven't fielded as many calls until recently. I'd say probably the last few years I've, is when I've started actually fielding the majority of phone calls from people. And I, and I get a wide range of, of personality types. And there's just certain ones you can you just learn to read. You're like, oh, okay, it's going to be this conversation. <laughs> this this is the way this is going to go. And of course, as people get squeezed tighter and tighter, and they don't have the emotional tools to deal with that stress and anxiety, then then they they get even more belligerent and angry. Especially if you've got to give them bad news. And a lot of us have to give people bad news right now, especially economically. So how do we deal with that? How do we deal with people who are emotionally difficult? And they have their reasons because people do what they think works for them. And if, if screaming and yelling and kicking has worked for them historically, then they'll continue to scream, yell, and kick. I was talking to a friend the other day at church about this. You know, he was really stressed about the customer service stuff that he was dealing with, too. He said, everybody's so angry right now. And they, and they are, and justifiably. There's a, there's a lot to get angry about. It's easy to get angry. It's not easy to be calm. But he was saying that a lot of people are getting angry, and I just don't know how to deal with that. And I thought about it, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, you know what? The only thing we can really do, there's only two things we can do. First thing is we can't feed the anger. Now, that doesn't mean just telling them what they want to hear. But it does mean not being angry back, not participating in the downward spiral, not responding in kind. There are ways to be firm and aggressive with people. And maybe the book Crucial Confrontations would be good for the, for people for this. But there are ways to be firm with people 
without being vicious. You know, there, there are kind ways, just be kind. There are kind ways to be confrontational. We just have to learn how to do that. And that's a skill and it takes time. And it's not easy. But that's really one of the two things we can do is, is we can just not feed it, not pour gasoline on the fire on an already inflamed situation. That's one way we can deal with it. The other way is, and this is what I like to tell people a lot, is like they say, say crap rolls downhill. And maybe you you are the next one in line for it to hit. Sometimes the best thing we can do is to make sure it stops with us. Make sure you're the bottom of the hill. Make sure we're not the ones who turn around and dump all over the next person below us. Sometimes that's just the best thing we can do. And and I can tell you from a customer service perspective, it makes a difference. When everyone else, and let's not even say just customer service, because not all of you are in customer service. If everyone else right now is going literally insane and struggling and not able to deal with their emotions, there is nothing more refreshing than speaking to another human being who isn't losing their minds. When I get the type of customer on the phone or come across an individual who's genuinely positive, they they accept the fact that things aren't going great, but they're, they, they know that continuing to participate in the negativity isn't going to make it any better. They acknowledge the reality of the situation. They're not in denial. And they're kind to you anyway. That is the most courageous thing you can see somebody do, and it is so refreshing. This could be basic decency. If you're dealing with a waiter or a waitress, or you're dealing with somebody who's taking care of you, who's serving you and selling you food, somebody who's selling you groceries, somebody who's, you're at the gas station and you're buying gas. Saying things like, please, thank you, or here's my favorite one. Here's my favorite one to do now is you look them in the eye and you say, hey, I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Don't make a big deal out of it. You'll see people light up. There are people in fast food restaurants who have literally, they just get screamed at regularly. I know this sounds ridiculous, but they do. They just get screamed at regularly. Over the pettiest stuff. No hot sauce. No... You forgot my fries, or it's not hot enough, or you messed up my order, or whatever it is. They get screamed at regularly. And a lot of them are so squeezed so tight with that level of, of, honestly, depression in mankind that it doesn't take a whole lot of kindness to stoke them for the whole day. (laughs) I know it's true for me. If I get that rare breed of customer who... stops to be kind just saying something as simple as thank you or i appreciate you or i appreciate what you're doing I appreciate what you guys do that'll that'll keep me going for that's enough gas to keep me going for a few days sometimes depending on how things are going we just don't know what people are going through we just don't 
And I think that's kind of the cornerstone of this, this topic for today that you guys picked on the Facebook group. We're going to continue the subject here in a minute, but Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out. Because you listen to this show, for a limited time, you can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day, that's 30-day trial. That's right, for 30 days, you'll get full access to Audible's Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title of your choosing. It can be any audiobook up to, I mean, even hundreds of dollars. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. No phone calls, no headaches of cancellation. That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks began to change my life, and they may change yours too. Pause this podcast and head over to Audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. And sign up right now. It'll help support the show. So how do we draw from this kindness? Like how do we how are we able to be kind? How can we make sure that it doesn't it it doesn't keep rolling downhill, so to speak? In what way can we help with this problem? I think there's a few. Um the biggest thing is 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 better equipping ourselves with the emotional tools to deal with angry or belligerent people or resentful people. For me, this has looked like a lot of trial and error, a lot of success and failures, a lot of attempts at confrontation that haven't gone well. It's a quote from one of my favorite authors, Peterson. He says, um, don't be afraid to show your teeth. Just don't bite. You know, sometimes you do need to be aggressive in response, but like tactfully aggressive. You don't bite people's heads off. And if this is this is a person you have a long-standing relationship with, there's a decent chance when you start showing your teeth and being a little aggressive in your expectations of them, they may be shocked and they may just get angrier. And like I said, people do these things just because they, they, they think it's just historically worked for them, not they think. They just It's historically worked for them to throw a fit or, or be unkind or be belligerent. And hopefully you're not that person. Hopefully you're listening to the show, you're like, oh, wow, that's me. That's fine. That, that emotional tool has worked for you up to this point, but there is a better way. And so we need to learn ourselves how we reconcile our emotions so that we can be better people and stop that from rolling downhill. And that includes a lot of self-reflections, journaling, navigating why we get so angry about things, why we get so resentful, why we even care what people think. Should we care what people think? Are there certain people we should care what they think and not other people we care what they think? When is it appropriate to care? When is it not? How do I respond to them? How do I communicate? These are all hard things to figure out, but figuring them out has immense value. And no two people are the same, so no new, no two set of tools are going to work for everybody. 
good starting points are things I've talked about earlier in this episode. Those those uh, there's books like Crucial Confrontations, Keep Your Love On, Boundaries. And I mention these books a lot because they're just quite good. Um, Crucial Accountability, Codependent No More. These are great books for learning how to navigate relationships, and and even if they're they're short-term relationships based on your job. What do boundaries look like for you? What what does kind pushback look like for you? Or maybe it's just a situation where you know pushing back isn't going to do anything anyway, um, and it's not worth it. They're not worth it. They're not worth the time and energy. You're not going to change them. The only person you can change is yourself. So if your ultimate goal is to get people to change their behavior, stop right now. The only way you can get people to change their behavior is by changing your own and minding your own business. And occasionally, if you see an opportunity, talking to them about it, especially if they invite you into that problem. But the the best example we can set, the best thing we can do is set an example. For people, we cannot we cannot alter what decisions they are going to make. We can live what we think they should be doing to prove to them that it is possible there is a better way. They may hate you for that, by the way. They may resent you because you're a reminder to them that there's a better way. And this doesn't mean become sanctimonious. It means that like you you're just acknowledging the reality that the only thing you can do, the best thing you can do for other people is to be better yourself. And that spills over into other people, especially receptive people. And some people are just difficult. They want to fight. I don't know if you knew this, but there is an immense amount of adrenaline that goes through people's systems as they as they fight. And adrenaline is addictive. You know, they, they may just want a fight. They may be bored. Maybe fighting gives them a high that they want or need, they think they need. And so, I mean, that becomes a very true if you're on social media. All you need to do is look for a little bit. People are generally out looking for fights. And that's because it feels good. The adrenaline feels good. But like I said, we have that ripple effect on people. We could be causing massive waves that are crashing into people. And then it bounces off of that person. And do they absorb it? Or does it just crash into them and then it causes them to create more waves that crash into other people and just becomes a long chain reaction of nonsense. Hopefully that's not us. Sometimes it's us. I've gone through seasons where it has been. Me. Obviously, the sooner we acknowledge that we are contributing to the problem and not helping it, the sooner we get to that point, the better. Silence is powerful as well, and not a lot of people take advantage of this. Sometimes you can just say nothing. Don't agree or disagree. Just just be passive. Have you ever been with somebody and, and, and like there's just an acknowledgement that this problem is bigger than you? It's like, I don't know what's going on here with this person, but you know what, God? You take care of it. I do not have the emotional tools to deal with this situation. <laughs> I don't have... I do not have the capabilities. Uh, 
or the skill set necessary to address this kind this level of a problem. Humility is really a useful tool in that, in, in learning when to keep your mouth shut. One of my favorite quotes is, a wise man once said nothing. Chew on that one for a while. Don't lie. Lying is bad. Learn to live a life of constant truth. Learn to, learn to communicate truth respectfully and tactfully. That's a valuable ally. But, but being silent is not the same as lying. It's, also, it's not agreeing if you're silent about something. Sometimes you're just letting people be themselves. It's okay. You don't need to participate in everything that goes into their head and comes out of their mouth. You don't have to. That's okay. Kindness is just listening to them vent or be frustrated. Sometimes the most loving you can do is absorb it. Maybe they just haven't been heard. You can usually spot the difference between somebody who's venting and somebody who wants to fight based upon their response to your silence. If they've dumped and then dumped again and then dumped again and then they're like, I'm sorry. You probably have your own problems to deal with. You're not... You don't need to take care of this for me. Like, just depending on, like, what they say at the tail end of that conversation. The the other, the counter side of that is, is when, when they keep ex- accelerating the dumping, and then they're like, aren't you going to say anything? That's when things get dangerous. <laughs> With the silence. It's like, because they're, now they're interpreting your silence as, like, judgment. You know, and maybe the wisest thing for you to say in that moment is like, seems like you're having a hard day. That's okay. I'm sorry to hear that. Sometimes it's something as simple as, I understand. Those are two of my favorite words to tell people. Because it doesn't imply... I understand doesn't imply that you can change them or even want to change them. It like diffuses them, disarms them, but it also doesn't disagree with them. You can understand somebody and people sometimes just want to be understood. Like that's it. They don't have anybody in their lives who understands what they're going through. And so that's probably one of my favorite responses. And and, and if you hear me say that to you, I'm not saying it out of disrespect. It's just, It's actually the opposite. I do understand. I've been there. Tell them that. I understand. I've been there. I'm sorry. These these small phrases, and I don't mean just blow them off. I, I mean, just mean it. Mean it when you say it. It's not like we haven't been angry and belligerent at some point in our lives. Like, we all have. That's, it's a kind response to people who are frustrated and sometimes that's the best thing we can do we don't need to get involved in everybody's everything and and besides in most cases we do not know what's best for them we like to think we do but we don't we don't know their hearts well enough only only one knows people's hearts 
you know you can there are people who've been married for decades and then and then their spouse just disappears and abandons them suddenly at the drop of a hat and they're like well, I don't know how this happened and it could happen to me it could happen to you it could happen to anybody that's scary but that's I mean that's a risk we take because it because we think love is worth it but the point is of that is is that does happen and that's because we don't really ever know we aren't a hundred percent sure we know every corner of everybody's heart we just we just don't so to inject ourselves into all of their problems and to try to fix all of their problems it's kind of comical on some levels because all we can do is kind of fix surface level stuff that's obvious on the outside and and most of the outside stuff stems from deep within so christ talks about this a lot and whether you're a christian or not there is value in this i think he said you know woe to you pharisees you clean the outside of the cup but on the inside of the cup it's dirty and then there's the book of Galatians where it says, from out of the heart, poor evil thoughts. From out of the heart. When we see the external manifestation, we are seeing, we are seeing the fruits of something that was planted there long ago. And you can spray weed killer on weeds, but you can also hit the healthy, healthy plants too when you do that. So... You don't want to destroy people by responding only to their behavior. Like in my experience, 100% of my issues are generally heart problems. And we can't master other people's hearts. They need to figure that out. They need to figure out how to address those deeper issues. And we cannot force that on them. We can really only take care of ourselves. And I don't mean that like take care. I'm sorry. We can only take responsibility for ourselves. Because at the end of the day, the inside of the cup can only be cleaned by the cup owner. It really, it really can, or, or by God himself. You know, as, as a Christian, I believe that. I believe God works with us on those heart issues. I, and what's interesting about the, the God relationship is he will, if you think you've got no problems at all, he will dig something up. Because there is always a corner of our heart somewhere that needs work. And he will use external circumstances to bring that to the forefront. That's why I think a personal individual relationship with God, a one-on-one -on -one relationship is extremely important. If you don't believe in God, that's totally fine. But I highly recommend having a journaling process or something. Some kind of inner dialogue that you can have with yourself to better understand yourself. I was a, I was not always a Christian, so I was a skeptic for, not skeptic, I was an agnostic, kind of a skeptic for most of my childhood. I think I was just, I was curious. I, I always believed, but I didn't believe. It was, it's kind of hard to explain. But um, as, as my, my faith kind of grew, and it took at least 10 to 15 years, and I still got a lot of work to do, but as my faith kind of grew through experience and having conversations with God, and I started to really realize that this, this actually works, 
believe me, nobody was more shocked to discover that than me. This relationship thing works. Um, I really, really began to understand that I've had things pulled out of my heart that I'm like, I have, I just, how deep is that darkness? Can't remember the quote I heard on this, but there was a gentleman saying, how can you believe in God when there's so much evil in the world? Which is a loaded question, and we can talk about that topic on a whole different podcast, but how can you believe in God when there's so much evil in the world? And the gentleman's response to him was, I believe in God because I know the evil in my own heart. And I think there's a lot of truth to that because what we're asking the wrong question. We are looking at the external of everything. Very, very few of us stop to look inside. We are so focused on everything else. Everyone else. That we lose complete sight of the obvious thing right in front of us. We all have a deep, deep, intimate understanding of our inadequacies. If you need proof that God exists, you need only understand that that awareness comes from somewhere. Why do we carry such a weight of the desire for perfection? Why do we want the world to be perfect? Where does that desire come from? It doesn't come from nowhere. I'm going to look up a quote here real quick on this. Give me one moment, please. So C.S. Lewis... This is in um, he said that it is a, it is as strange as if a fish were repeatedly surprised at the very wetness of water. This is from his book Reflection on the Psalms. Maybe I'll read the whole thing here. No. I got to be careful and paraphrase. I'm just going to give the quote. It is strange as if it is as strange as if a fish were repeatedly surprised at the very wetness of water. And that would be strange indeed. Unless of course the fish were destined to become one day a land animal. Lewis was also an agnostic, an atheist actually, an atheist skeptic for most of his youth. He's one of my favorite writers because he, he comes from that core root. And he often talks about his, his transformative moment in his life was 
when he started to contemplate how much evil in the world there was and how frustrated and angry he was that a God would allow this to exist, so God can't possibly exist. And then what kind of struck him was that he had this desire for an eternity that didn't exist, and he had no explanation where that desire came from. The only conclusion he could draw, and this changed his life for the rest of his life, the only conclusion he could draw was that desire was planted in him from somewhere else. He was yearning for a country that didn't exist. And that yearning was placed inside of him. Because he didn't get it from anywhere external. If you look at the world around you, very few people actually... This desire for utopia isn't in our, isn't a is a natural desire we all have. So, I know that was kind of a segue there. But let's go ahead and move back to the quote, kind of close out for today. Remember, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. You know who's going through a lot right now? Literally everyone. Just be kind. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I appreciate you stopping by. My name is, uh, my, I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this video on your favorite social network. We are on YouTube, Facebook, and Rumble. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, we should also be on most major apps for podcasting, so make sure you check it out. If you, for some reason, discover that we are not on one of those apps, message me on Facebook or on Twitter at Craig Chamberlain. So let's get to work today on being the best version of ourselves we can, because that's really the only thing we have control over. Have yourselves a wonderful day and I will see you again soon.